Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Raj Bathord and I'm a consultant psychiatrist based at the Bethlehem Royal and Maudsley Hospitals in South London. Joining us today is Dr. Marcia Cower Santana, who is based in Brazil, and she and several co-authors have published a fascinating paper uh, in the June edition of the British Journal of Psychiatry entitled Emotional Memory in Bipolar Disorder. And Marcia Cower Santana is based at the Federal University de Rio Grande do Sul uh, in Brazil. Um, so Marcia, let me start by asking you, what do you mean by the term emotional memory as used in this paper? Emotional memory is that kind of memory that uh, is associated with a lot of emotional arousal, like, for example, um, a trauma situation, but also uh, situations associated with good feelings, like if you listen to a music and then you had a good moment and while listening to that music, you can have a good memory when you listen to that. So that's the kind of memory that we are talking in this paper. Why are you interested in studying emotional memory in psychiatric illness in general, and in particular in bipolar disorder? Well, because the emotional memory is associated with a brain region called amygdala, and the amygdala is a part of a circuitry in the brain that's very important for mood symptoms, and it's very important in bipolar disorder. And because uh, we know that in psychiatric illness, especially in bipolar, people are very sensitive to life stress events, like traumatic situations can trigger mood episodes, and these people are especially vulnerable to this kind of effects of trauma. And these effects are probably mediated by uh, activation of amygdala and amygdala function. So studying that circuit, circuit in the brain, we hope to understand better how these people are so vulnerable to these situations. So talk us through your study. What did you actually do? What was the methodology of the paper? We used a cognitive test, a very simple, actually, cognitive test, but quite interesting because uh, this method was published before um, many times by Larry Cahill and colleagues and was published in Nature and many other uh, journals showing that uh, this cognitive testing is very specific to amygdala function. And basically what it is is a slideshow where we tell a story and one version of the story is emotional and one version of the story is neutral. But the interesting thing of this method uh, for memory assessment is that the, view, the, the pictures are exactly the same, except that in one story, the neutral version, um, a boy, a little boy, uh, went for a walk with his, with his mother, and he saw a, a drill, a simulation of an accident just for training in the hospital. And in the emotional version, the boy himself is the one that is uh, severely injured by a car accident. And he has, like, uh, uh, life-threatening uh, problems. So uh, the pictures are exactly the same, except that in one version, um, we tell that it's just a simulation, and in the other version is the real accident. And just this difference... Um, causes a great impact in memory formation because people remember much more the emotional part of the more the, the the story than the neutral part. How did you apply this particular test 
uh, in your paper to people suffering from bipolar disorder? Actually, this testing is just for research purposes because our intention was to measure the integrity of the amygdala function. But actually, this test is not used in clinical practice because it's very specific. Maybe in the future we'll have better you know, instruments, but for now it's just like to t- really to test the amygdala function. And in these patients that we tested, the amygdala was dysfunctional. Actually, the bipolar patients remembered the neutral and the emotional um, events the same. There was no difference while in control. There was a clear difference between the neutral condition and the emotional condition, which was expected because we did that before. We used this test before in healthy volunteers, and you expect that difference because it's adaptive to remember better emotional memories. But the bipolar patients couldn't do that, couldn't see that difference. What do you think are the implications of this finding? Well, I think uh, it's very interesting to study the function of amygdala because in bipolar disorder, uh, what was interesting of this finding is that the bipolar uh, patients were uh, not able to to see the difference between the neutral and emotional stimuli, but mainly because they perceived the neutral stimuli as emotional. So imagine if that means that they are more vulnerable to perceive neutral things in daily life as emotional. So that would be one of the one of the things that may cause a higher vulnerability to develop, to develop mood episodes and even the cyclicity of bipolar disorder. So if we, can, if we can use this knowledge to develop some kind of cognitive um, behavior therapy and uh, to use this to develop some medication or uh, a strategy to prevent that, to prevent that abnormal function of amygdala and maybe enhance the resilience and the, the coping skills of this patient with daily stressful life events that we know that these patients are particularly vulnerable to this uh, stressful and traumatic um, experiences. Some people might argue that one of the problems of the experiment is that maybe what you're looking at is an effect of the medication on those suffering from bipolar illness, not an actual effect of the illness itself. It's the medication that, uh, that is affecting uh, that your findings on emotional memory in comparison to the controls. Well, I cannot um, completely exclude that. However, um, in, this, in this sense, we can think in two lines of, of thinking. One is that the patients are always medicated, right? So we, we really need to know how these patients are. And if there, uh, if there are some, if part of the effect is the illness and part of the effect is the medication, that's how the patients are in clinical practice, right? The other, the other kind of thinking um, we can have about that is that there were uh, other uh, studies that looked into the effects of lithium and um, the effects of um, supiride, which was uh, antipsychotic, which is an antipsychotic, and they they usually what they do is that they do not impair specifically the emotional memory. They ha- they cause an overall impairment of memory, and that was not what uh, what we are looking at. 
And that's why this test is particularly interesting because it can overcome a little bit this limitation. Just for example, to make it more clear, this, the same test, the same cognitive test that we use here was used with Alzheimer patients with a moderate cognitive impairment. And this test was normal in these Alzheimer patients because they had an overall impairment of the memory, but the enhancement with the emotional memory was still there. And actually, this is a recommendation for that patient to try to associate emotional uh, tips to things so that they can remember better. So uh, using that, we are not, even with the overall flattening of the cognition, we could still see an enhancement of the emotional memory, and we, did not, and we didn't um, see that. And especially in the bipolar disorders group, of course, in comparison to, to controls, it's, it's difficult to say that was not the medication, but within the bipolar disorder group, there was no differences, significant differences between medication used, and we compared a group that was exposed to neutral and a group that was exposed to emotional memory. What is the next step in your research? Is there another study in the pipeline or another paper in the pipeline which explores your findings further? Yeah, we are, uh, one thing that's um, very uh, present in amygdala, one of the molecules that are, that's important for emotional memory and for all kinds of memory, is the BDNF. It's the brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And now I'm looking f more deeply into these molecules in bipolar disorder. So I'm now, um, I, I, I have published in, adult, in, a, in a sample of bipolar patients, adults, and those bipolar patients exposed to traumatic experiences had lower BDNF levels, and the BDNF is supposed to be like important for plasticity and uh, is a protective uh, protein uh, for the brain. And so these patients that had lower BDNF levels were more vulnerable to the effects of um, the trauma. And now my next step will be to look uh, into this protein in um, children to see the levels of the BDNF and, to, and then to follow up these children to see if they will, they will develop some psychopathology and see if there is any correlation with the levels of the BDNF. And I'm very happy that I, I just received an RSAD Young Investigator grant to, to do this research, to continue with this research. Marcia, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. It was a great pleasure to talk to you.